Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fuck your world. And I'm Sebastian. I've got this totally under control. And I'm Andy Shosler. And welcome to our bonus review of Camp Death 3 in 2D. Starring, oh god, this will be fun for me, Dave Penuick, Angela Gallimpolis, and Darren Andrewchuk. Yep, cool. Written and directed by Matt Frame. Welcome back to our bonus review, just Andrew and myself today. Hello, hello. So, bit of background here. We, as a film review show, we get sent a lot of requests from a lot of different filmmakers asking us, hey, can you watch our thing and talk about it? And uh, sometimes we do it. A lot of times we don't because a lot of stuff just comes through and I, I, I mostly it's me reading it. I'm like, I'm, I have to, I'm a filter here. Will our audience care about this? Hell, do I care about this? Is it worth doing? Can we get a good episode out of it? A little bit of quality control happens. And not only that, we're not professionals. You know, we have oh, day jobs and we need to fill in the time. <laughs> yeah. So when I got the email about this film, I was a little bit caught off guard because the premise about this film was, hey, I have a film and I'm really sure you're going to, and I quote, despise it. <laughs> How do you feel about reviewing it? And firstly, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Like, <laughs> you don't control me. Turns out he does control me. I'm very easily manipulated and I like he a challenge. You in. <laughs> so I sent around the message to the boys and I was like, here's the thing. What do you think? Andrew bit, and yeah, here we I are. Did, I did too. <laughs> so we have watched Camp Death 3 in 2D. Now, Not having seen either Camp Death 1 or 2. I don't think I even <laughs> the light of day has seen them because I assume they don't actually exist. Um, so we were approached by uh, Matt Frame. Both Okay, I say he was the writer of this film. He is one of the credited writers on this film on IMDb. Rough count, there may have been 20 listed writers and I was not reading out a writer's list longer than a cast list. He was (laughs) the only one given the screenplay credit on there and not a story credit. So apologies to anyone else that may have been involved. I didn't read your name out of any reason apart from I want this podcast to be a certain time limit. Um, (laughs) I suspect there's a very good reason why there are 20 writers and we'll go into that. Yes, we'll talk about this. So this film is, from what I understand meant to be a bad film. It is targeting that B-movie, schlocky, horror movie genre. Yes. It is meant to be a direct parody, well, in parts of Friday the 13th 3, which is a 3D film, this being Camp Death 3 in 2D. Ah. So that's its target, and it goes through and tries to make the, I don't want to say dodgiest, but I'm going to say <laughs> dodgiest version of that film possible. I believe some stylistic and story differences inside that. Mm. So... If you've heard our review of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, you know for a fact I <laughs> love me a shitty movie. Um, so for me, it was really going in and seeing whether this was going to be the kind of shitty movie that I could fall in love with. And I guess we'll talk about that in a bit. But mm, Indeed. Whereas I have taste and I didn't enjoy <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation because it was pretty awful. I mean, to each his own, their own. But I, I think there's a place for these kinds of films. Like, mainly at parties, mainly with a beer in your hand or more accurately in your stomach by that point. Um, they they are enjoyable It took in a climate. I think this film would have been more... I watched it alone, uh, but it w- I think it would have been more enjoyable with a group of friends with that kind of levity mm. in the air. Although I was struggling to think, would I enjoy this film more if I was drunk or drugged in yeah. some way and I didn't come to a conclusion I did have a, a couple of sips of my fantastic lychee liqueur because once again I'm a professional so yeah. I'm <laughs> the finest uh, liqueurs during my watchings my sorry my viewings but it was an experience before we get to that though 
A little bit of background. So this film has done a bit of a circuit. It's a Canadian film, a bit of a circuit through um, film festivals, most of which I believe were local for them. Um, It had the budget of $35,000, which I also would believe would be Canadian dollars for those playing at home because it was filmed locally there. And it does look good. Yes. It is surprisingly well shot. Yes, no, um, we'll we'll, 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 we'll get into that. Um, I will say one of the funniest bits I did read in the promotional materials for this film is part of the budget was actually fundraised by the creator, uh, Matt Frame, by walking for 24 hours straight with a coconut tied to him. (laughs) So in my brain, I was like, is this a Monty Python thing? I have no idea. So it was uh, a portion of this money was actually raised through sort of, I'm going to call it a charity stunt, but I don't really know what it was. I'm not sure if there's a a known charity thing that that you do this in Canada. It's, It's a whole other world out there for us. So that's that's some fun, right? <laughs> um, and that also it shows dedication, at least. It does, yeah. <laughs> so that is the beginning and the conclusion of the trivia portion <laughs> of this, because it is it is a low budget film done in another country, and there's not that much information on it apart from what has been directly dripped out by the creator. Yeah. Which, while entertaining, just isn't a substantial something that we get from, say, reviewing Avengers, where there's <laughs> every Tom, Dick, and Harry has like, did you, did you know Loki appears in this film? <laughs> Um, I did want to pass on some information. So if during this review or the concept of this film really does appeal to you, um, we have the Facebook page um, that's associated to this that will be dripping out more information about where you can get this, if you can stream it online, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the best place to find out about (laughs) it. So if this genre is something that appeals to you, uh, facebook.com forward slash camp death. Pretty simple. Um, and yeah, uh, you listen to our review and find out whether we think that might be a worthy endeavor for you to take or not, but that is how you do that. It is a film I would say, well, maybe save it for the recommendation, but I think it's something that you should watch. It, it's, a, it's a sort of a rite of passage, I guess, for if you, if you enjoy bad films. Yes, and I, I will or, go into it. Camp, campy films. Campy films, yeah, yes. Yeah. We'll go into it a little bit. But it's for me, it's it's in a different league to say famous bad movies, not not bad movies, but cheap movies like Birdemic or The yeah. Room. For me, it's more akin to like those films, perhaps mixed with like the trauma genre, like you get like mm. Beach Nazis Must Die, etc. Sort of a, a middle ground between those. But we'll get a bit more into it. Um, do you, I, I have my movie movie babies? Well, I. It's not. It's not. Terribly similar to any movie I've ever seen before. I've written down here uh, Zombievers and Lesbian Vampire Killers. Okay. But it is different to those. I know what you mean yeah, though, yeah. Not not strictly for the for any similarity to, to plot or setting necessarily, just because they were they were outlandish films when I saw them. Like the either the, the title uh, kind of jerked me or, or just the idea that mm. there are these, you know, zombie beavers going around and they're the and they're the big threat. The threat in this one seems to be legit. Legitimate is the wrong word. Seems to be quite ordinary. Yeah. Uh, Just just a a, a Jason-style Halloween mask-covered guy that goes around killing people. Mm. And it turns out to be something completely different, completely wacky. Yeah, it it did not go the direction I thought it was going to go from the basis. At every turn. (laughs) So my movie babies are unfortunately not as, like, mainstream as I normally go. So they may not have been seen as much by the wider audience, but there is an Australian film called The Killage. I've actually recommended it to Andrew as we were talking about this film, particularly the night previous, because for me it is not going to show my hand here, like a more well put together version of this film itself. It is the Friday the 13th gimmick set at a camp with a murderer going around killing everyone but a comedy. Um, It's done – it was an Australian production. I only came across it because my my wife – when I first started dating her, it turns out her ex-boyfriend was actually in the film. Oh, wow. And for her, it's always a, a fun bit because he gets decapitated in the film. And she, <laughs> well, I, I have fond memories of this gentleman. She does not. So she enjoys watching it for that reason. But it is um, put together by a group of people that actually they've moved over and started a, uh, quite a successful YouTube channel called um, Artsphere Productions. They were moved over to the States by, I believe, YouTube themselves, and they, they work alongside actual big production, like like Warner Brothers and maybe from, no, not Disney, but for example, Disney and stuff, and they do 
cartoon version parodies of their stuff, but oh, awesome. with the full blessing of these companies because their stuff is pretty good. But yeah, so before they moved over and started the Artspear YouTube page, there were Artspear Productions in Australia and they did a couple of like alien parodies and this and that. And honestly, they're pretty funny films. They only, I mean, even considering they were mostly watched by friends and family, they even don't have a great rating on IMDb. <laughs> so like, I can't say that they're spectacular, but they're really competently made B-movie horror lampoons. Yes. The Which are I, easy to churn out. Yes. The one I would mix with that though is, I guess it's probably a more well-known film. It got buried by when Scary Movie 1 and 2 came out. Yeah. It's called Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, I prefer this to Scary Movies 1 and 2. I think it is a far superior film. I remember that one. Um, I have a great time with it. So it's like Scary Movie though. It's set in a school, there's a scream-esque killer going around killing people. Tom Arnold's in it. Like it's um, <laughs> it's a really enjoyable one. So if you guys like Scary Movie 1 through to 17, whatever they're up to, watch that movie because it kicks their ass. Yes. So, yeah, and it was kind of like that because of the just the amount of jokes being thrown at the screen sort of thing. These Lampoon films tend to do like they can't go 15 seconds without some sort of punchline <laughs> being landed. And that film yeah. is another example of that. Yep. So that's all the direct. Oh, no, I have a tweet. Do you have a tweet? I do have a tweet. Welcome to Camp Death. Spaceship parking at the rear. Hashtag no murder, please. Was there a sign that said that that I missed? No murder, please. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. The spaceship parking. Oh, no, 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 oh okay. No, I was like, that, that, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> um, imagine grabbing one of those old joke books. You know, the ones that say 1001 jokes and just like holding it in your hand and thinking, yeah. yeah, cool. I'll film that. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Alex isn't here to give us a, <laughs> a play-by-play oh, okay. description of exactly what happens in the film. <laughs> I, can, I, I just watched this film last night. I can attempt to walk us through the plot, like, like akin to well, what we did with Mortal Kombat Annihilation rather than our normal split. I was just going to say I, I was taking notes. Oh, as, thank God, because I, I did not. <laughs> as I was watching it, so as they, as they come up, um, oh, the only note we'll, I be, took, we'll be telling the story. <laughs> the only note I took was the opening title card of... Um, oh yeah, so this movie is set at Camp Crystal Meph. Yes, <laughs> M-E-P-H. Yep, <laughs> um, and it's set on, in 1979, in in July on Friday the 13th. Yes. And I did check and that matches up. So oh, really? I thought, I thought oh, that, that wouldn't match okay. up. But I was curious and I was meant to do some research offline, but is 1979 a significant year? Is that the first Halloween or so the first Friday the 13th film come out then? I don't know. Oh, I'm possibly. checking right now. Oh, Alien came out. I know there were certainly, I mean, these these sorts of camps were popular then. I guess they still are today. The Warriors came out. So two good movies, Rocky 2. I was just going to see if one of the Friday the 13th yeah. films matched up, but... Um, no, it may have just been played up for the for the date. It, it rang a like it rang a bell for yeah. me, but I don't know why I'm surprised I recognised a number. So. But <laughs> points for actually... Choosing a an actual date. Well, that's what I thought the joke would be. Yeah. If you looked it up, there wouldn't be one. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, oh, well they yeah. did research. I can't complain. <laughs> good on you. Um, well, starting yeah. at the beginning, it does start on a good note. Um, the credit sequence where all the names are flashed up as a, as a series of newspaper headlines, I actually liked it. Oh, yes. It is worth saying my two biggest laughs of this film happened in the first five minutes. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it starts off kind of giving us the final girl moment from a previous film that obviously doesn't exist. <laughs> um, girl running out of the cabin being chased by the Jason-esque murderer. And she's and not trying very hard no. to, to run quickly or... With any urgency, really. Yeah. Realistically. <laughs> um, she gets out and she's hidden behind a log. The, we get a POV shot from Jason. The, oh, his name was like something Van Damme. I'm going to call him Van Damme. Johan. Johan Van Damme? Johan. Johan Van Damme, I think. Yeah. So Van, sure, yeah. Van Damme's having a look for a... We get a POV shot and she's behind him behind the log, but he can't see her. And the, this entire opening sequence is shot in black and white. <laughs> and then channeling Schindler's List, we get our first drop of color mm-hmm. as the final girl reveals a hot pink fluffy hand puppet, which um, is being used in lieu of Jason Voorhees' dead mother, <laughs> Pamela Voorhees. So this is now the, this is the, the hand puppet is the mother of Van Damme. 
So irks him over to say, good job killing all those horrible teenagers, blah, blah, blah. If you put your head down on this log, I'll feed you some fudge. He puts mm. his head down the log, counts to three, and then she just punches him in the face with the with the Muppet, with the, the yeah. puppet. Yeah. So firstly, biggest laugh for me because she was playing the hand puppet like an old Southern black yeah, right? mother. And it was, <laughs> it was, it got me off guard. And then we get the opening credits, which are done like a newspaper style, like Andrew yeah. was explaining. And in that, in those credits, we discover first this girl who survived the attack got institutionalized. Yes. And then was either escaped or broken out or, or kidnapped out. She's missing. That's funny. Whatever. That's, that's not funny. That's normal. But we also discovered that the hand puppet was put in a maximum security prison. <laughs> and then by the end of the opening credits, I was revealed that the puppet has escaped yeah. said maximum security prison. <laughs> so I was in a very good mood starting off this film because I thought we were going to get a lot of silly puppet shit. Yes. And that's the last time you see him until, um, until the very end yeah. where exactly the same scene plays out again. But more confusingly. Much more confusingly. Yeah. So you continue your your plot thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. But I was like, no, that no, was no, the no, only, please don't. That was my biggest laugh of the film, so I didn't want to like brush past it. No, too my, my my only note on that is that uh, the tone of the film was set very quickly. That, oh, yeah. that this is going to be a farce. This is going to be a comedy. It's it's not enough to say that you're going to be a farce. You actually have to pull it off. Mm. And up until this moment. Uh, I would say they had achieved it. Mm. The, the credit sequence was really nice. It had it had pretty good music. It was kind of telling you know a loose story along the way and getting you excited for for the film. And a good, hitting, a good credit sequence should do that. And hitting very nice familiar beats from yeah. the genre it's taking on. Like this is more akin to like the Halloween story with Michael Myers being institutionalized. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But it's hitting these lovely horror touchstones that we should be wanting to see because we're coming in watching a parody of the genre. So all the props to it. I love this first five minutes. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, (laughs) this is a bit of a long thought, but I I, I had had it written down as I was watching it. The comedy is immediately over the top and in a forced way. I think, it would, I, I think I would actually find myself laughing at these jokes if they had been toned down and the characters not hypercharged. This works very well in a sketch because you're with the characters for such a short time and it doesn't matter that they're awful people. But for a movie-length story, the, cast, the, the characters have to be likeable or at least relatable and I can't relate to a gruff camp owner who cusses in every sentence and kicks the disabled on sight. I mean, that was funny. This film it's, it's an like idea it. that needed to be refined. Yes. This like film, every other idea from here onwards just mm. needed to be toned down, refined, made a bit more subtle, or just included as a background joke, but everything happens on screen at the same time. No, I do agree with that. I should clarify the disabled person being kicked. This film has one particular character who is very racist and <laughs> very non-PC. <laughs> And in mainstream films, you normally don't get a character quite as gruff as him. And he's by no means a good person. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for him. But it was in this film's like unique way, it was kind of fun because it was like a thing that you don't get to see. It's like when you watch Beach Nazis Must Die and all that stuff, you get this ridiculous <laughs> shit that you would never see somewhere else. And this this film using a character that's so exploitative in this way it was just like it's fun. It's the fun of the genre, sort of thing. Yes, he is. He he can be used for fun. I, I I can see where you would where you would go with a character like that. But this is a movie. You've got the time to give everybody a context or or a bit of character background. Excuse me. And there is no explanation given for why he is the way he is. He's just mean. Yes, he is. He's just mean and crass. All the time. But everyone is, no, 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 I'm not using this as an excuse, but everyone in this film just is, though. Everybody Except for just, one character. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. character, the female lead. Um, Rachel. Yes, Rachel, sorry. Um, she has a reason for being the way she is in this film that we are told. We, we find out that she's being really yeah. weird and then we find out at the end of the film exactly why. She is the only character. But everybody should have been given that background. Yes. Or at least shown how they're all tied together. Because I imagine they all live in the same small town. Probably, I mean, in theory, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> speaking of um, uh, the list of writers, the next note I had immediately after this 
was that there are so many jokes. It's like every single idea that was pitched was included in the shoot. It's an improv class. You just say yes to literally everything that you've right? been handed. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like, there's two theories here. You tell a lot of jokes, you're bound to get a couple of laughs. But for me, it's how about you just tell like five good jokes and get five laughs. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. There is one good joke in the film. What was your, what was right? your go-to joke? What I really appreciated, and it's not, it's not a laugh out loud kind of joke. It's not even a particularly good joke. It's not original. It's been done a thousand times before, but it's just pulled off. You know, it's like a knock-knock joke that you've heard a thousand times before, but the delivery is just spot on. You can't help but chuckle yep. and, and appreciate it. So Barry, the disabled guy, is being loaded up with luggage by Rachel. I would just say disabled in the sense that he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Yep. His legs do work, but not, not very well. He, he gets around in a wheelchair. So he's being loaded up with, with, with luggage. It's up, to his, it's up to his eyes, and he's saying, no, load on more, I can... I can handle it. Yep. Rachel is saying, but you won't be able to see. He finishes off that little scene by saying, don't worry, Rachel, I've got everything under control. Immediately cut to him rolling down a hill out of control with the luggage, screaming, I'm out of control, I'm out of control, and Rachel running after him. Nice joke, very nicely delivered, very well crafted. If the entire movie had that kind of setup yep. where it was – focused on something happening without a thousand different things happening in the background without everybody having a funny line every time they they speak it would have been magic and i would have liked this movie a lot more i do agree it's such a simple setup for yeah. a joke but because it is so simple and there's just that the right amount of things going on in that scene it does hit that's what good jokes yeah. are but it was, if they told the same joke during we get a Star Wars parody later on with the oh speeder bike God, scene. God. If they had done it during, <laughs> if they had done that same joke in a scene as busy as that, yeah, then you would have completely yeah. blown over. But it just comes. I mean, all those things come from out of nowhere, and mm. from and from this point onward, yeah, everything that happens on screen just happens because somebody suggested it, yeah, or at least it feels that way because there's no real reason given for why things are the way they are. Yeah. They just are because and it's funny, right? Let's be fair. Some of these are good jokes. It's just they are drowned out by quantity. That was the last one for me. That was it? Oh, like there's a couple of things that I, I, I don't <laughs> have to no, laugh that, out that was, loud. That, that, that was the last good joke. Oh, yeah. Like my, my, my notes immediately following that are uh, that scene is immediately undercut by the next few scenes. The groundkeeper is sawing a tree with an edge trimmer that isn't plugged in and he's just shouting, whack weed, whack weed, for no reason. He's just there doing that because it sounds funny. Yep. But it wasn't refined. It wasn't developed. Uh, Barry is trying to roll up a flight of stairs. That was funny for me because it's so absurd. It, why is he doing exactly. that? Exactly. It's just like one of those No, no, stupid- I mean, he wouldn't be doing that. Because the- he's not real. No, farces are farcical because- they do something that is believable but absurd for the situation. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, okay. So no, 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 no. Like, are, like a, a, a fast, for example, you would have somebody who wants to um, set up his own mail business, right? And so he doesn't buy pigeons because they're too expensive. He buys chickens. Yep. Right. That's a fast. Yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah. That's silly. That's absurd. He goes around training chickens to deliver mail, right? As if they they carry pigeons, right? But you've got <laughs> with 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 Barry going up the uh, going up the stairs blind like that. It's like it's like he um, he gets. Oh no, actually, that's that'd be a brilliant I, idea too. I was I was just going to say paper airplanes to deliver mail, yeah. and that's <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn, I'm a comic genius. Just, <laughs> the reason I liked this is two things. There was a sign on the on the side of the staircase that said "Not handy, capable, accessible." Yeah, I know. I, was I like, know. Who makes a sign like that? And also, it reminded me of a joke from the Simpsons movie. Okay. So harken back to the Simpsons movie when they <laughs> they put a big wall around the dam to stop everyone the, the lake to stop everyone from polluting into it. And like, look, it's idiot proof. And they get Cletus, the, the yokel. It's <laughs> like throw this garbage into this lake. And there's this tiny, tiny thing, and he just tries to walk into it and he can't get in because there's a gate there. And he's like, I can't. I simply can't. <laughs> I mean, it's like that was the what reminded me of like this man trying to like get up a staircase. It's like, why isn't this working? 
but that's he's, why. But, but I mean, he's not part of a group. It's not like he suddenly found. I mean, he he's in a wheelchair. He knows he can't go up there. It's his camp. He's used to being here. Mm. It's not a new situation. It doesn't make sense that he would be trying to roll up a flight of stairs. No, it does, of course, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know? nothing makes and sense. And that's and that's the problem. Yeah. Fast needs to be subtle. You know, I yeah. some of my favorite versions of this kind of film, like this genre, are the Naked Gun series. Yes. Yep. And they are, I mean, it's a very stupid genre, but I will say those are very intelligently made versions of this genre. Now, the reason they're intelligent is because, the, the reason they're funny and fast is because you've got moments of straight comedy or, or, or even just very serious moments being played out with funny things happening in the background. But, yep. they're, but they're telling a real, a really serious story right up front. Yeah. Whereas in Camp Death 3, everything in is 2D. silly on, in, in, in 2D. Everything is silly on screen all the time. Yes. And it doesn't work. You can't focus on anything. No, no I 100% agree with you. I, yeah. just, I just happen to have liked that one joke. <laughs> but no, but, but I do agree with you as a general summation of how this film fails in a couple of ways. Yeah. 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 It just comes too quickly. Um, um, Todd, the uh, camp director, who is uh, the gruff uncle Mal's nephew. Yes. Um, he's a tragic character. He's insanely naive and just your sympathies go out for him. He's played very well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really appreciated that the actor playing him um, maintained the same pace through the whole film. I will say as well, while none of these performances were – Spectacular. Most of them were for the fiber from the in. They were competent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. A couple of the, the real problem is with the writing. And yes, it's not, it's not that the writing was a problem. It was you know just not refined. It was over too quickly. Before we get to the next plot point, I do want to point out to anyone listening: there's something visually off about a lot of scenes in this film, and we were talking about it, trying to place it, but it felt like the film is sped up. Sped up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. None of the sound specifically sounds like it's been ADR, like added in after the fact, but I haven't been able to do any research that tells me that it wasn't. So it right. is possible every single line has been dubbed, but to me it didn't sound dubbed, which means they, they've just sped up the performances <laughs> so the mouths don't match up that often with the voice. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a, it's a weird choice because it kind of messes with the pacing. It's one of those ones that you look at and said, unless something went wrong mechanically and they had no choice but to do this, this is just a bad choice in every situation. I do but, not know why you yep. would do it unless you're, unless yep. yeah, you had some editing software issue and it's like, we either make release this film or we don't. Yeah. Then but, I get it. But. but you're right. It's immediately noticeable and it just completely takes you out of the moment. It's, it, 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 it doesn't look like it should be happening that way. And you, it you hurts. think there's something wrong with it. It feels film. like you're yeah. watching like, remember when the Hobbit films came out and they did like that, they were like 60 frames yeah. per second and it, it's meant to be more fluid, but it just looks weird. Yeah. It was like that, but all the time. And one of the um, one of the uh, extra campers that comes along, um, who is the, the the girl in the neck brace? Oh yeah, um, who has the the tendency to roll her head around and kind of giggle and such. Again, if that had been toned down and she just had some sort of a tick, you know, that mm. maybe you know hurt every time every time she did it. But no, she's constantly moving her head around inside this neck brace, and with the sped up film, it she looks like a maniac. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you just can't take it seriously. While we're kind of targeting the bad stuff, <laughs> I just want to put a blanket on this thing. I came in expecting like some really fun kills for a slasher film. I thought we we're gonna have some fun. I thought we we're gonna see some crazy bullshit. I was, I was. That's what I was coming in for. I, I said it to um to Alex, who didn't get a chance to watch this film. If I can walk out of this 90-minute film having seen some hilarious deaths, it's going to be an easy recommend for me because that's all I wanted. Yeah. We get maybe, top of my head, I can think of one funny death specifically. Maybe, oh no, two two funny deaths. And they're not even done like in funny gore mode. Like, okay. No. I said this to, I was talking to Zane previously. How would you murder someone with a toaster? I was having this very discussion yeah. with my wife this morning with this idea of how would you yeah. you know do a do a farcical toaster murder. Um the option first of all is to just bludgeon them with a toaster. Yeah, too but, easy. Yep. Yeah. But you 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 could do that. Mine uh, was going to be plug it in, get them to put their hand into it and I would do like 
Ark of the Covenant melt their skin off with electrocution. Yeah. That's what I thought we were going to go See, to. See, that works. Because um, it's also, over the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can also have it sort of tweaked so that just by touching the toaster when it's plugged in, it gives you a mild electric shock. Yeah. Um, you know? It put little, little um, circular saws in it and shoot them out of it. <laughs> and they're electrified, you know? Like there's a lot of funny things. Um, yeah. I've never one, s- yeah. One, one, th- one thing a toaster isn't is sharp. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so the the toaster death scene, one of the uh, female um, campers is cornered by the murderer. He's flip using a toaster, to, um, flipping the, um, what do you call it? Like the little, what do you call that thing that the to- you flip that little handle and it makes the toast come out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's doing that back and forth and it's shooting toaster and he just, it's an unlimited <sighs> toaster gun. So it's bam, bam, bam. So I'm like, Oh, this is going to be really weird. She's going to bludgeon her to death with toast. With toast, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out, no. After she's weakened and she's up against this tree, he's like swinging it around <laughs> and he swings the toaster around and it, the, the cable is now a lightsaber, I guess, because it goes around and just like, the, the le- this is no- normal electrical ca- cable covered in like rubber. Yep. Slices through her and just cuts her head off. Exactly it's not right. a great effect either, but that's... I'm not, I, the effect doesn't bother me. It was just like, what are you doing? But that's like, it. It just lops off body parts. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it. It's a funny concept, but there was a lot of funny yeah. creative ways they could have gone. And for me, it was, I think someone's written the joke and they'd be like, this is hilarious. And you know what? <laughs> if that was one death out of 20 deaths that we saw, wouldn't be a problem for me. But this is one of three. It's one of three or four, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. murders that we get to see yeah. properly. And the one, one of the only ones that the killer actually does, mind you. A lot of people just die by chance around him <laughs> in this film. And it was like, oh, I was really keen for some over-the-top, make fun of Friday the 13th. You know, he stabs two campers yep. while they're having sex with one barb through them during yeah. it. Like funny sort of thing. Like, you know, hard double penetration because a third person is like, there's some really good stuff in those movies. And here it's like, toes of decapitation. And like, it's fine, but... If there was more, I could have been forgiving. It's, it's over the top and in a bad way, in a, in, in a forced yeah. way. But don't go wrong, I love the idea of being able to do that with a toaster because it doesn't come naturally. It is just like the most... Re- and so they said, how would you never kill someone with a toaster? Decapitation. Right? Cool, <laughs> let's make it happen. I love that instinct. I just needed more. See, if I was doing it, I would have, I would have played on the malfunctioning toaster. I would have, yeah, had, had somebody stick their, mm. stick their hand in it or, you know, have to, you know... Get a get a shiny jewel or something in there, so they play around with a knife just to do it, and then it would turn out, you know, look, I'm I'm, I'm here to kill you, but I'm really sorry that I've stuck the toaster on defrost setting, so it's not going to do anything for the next minute or two until that cycle finishes. <laughs> um, so would you mind just hanging around, you know, until <laughs> until that's done, so I can put, yeah. yeah, so I can put the toast down properly and kill you properly. That's how I would have planned yeah. it. My wife had a brilliant idea of using using the toaster gun, but the toast like a face hugger, right, is steamy, steamy wet, and it just slaps on, slaps onto somebody's face and just slowly suffocates them. Yep. Even that would have been better than what we saw. Uh, Actually, yeah. I think that idea is pretty brilliant. <laughs> There's a bit of a trope in the Friday movies and the Halloween movies of at one point the killer will kill someone by throwing them onto like a circuit board, mm-hmm. electrocutes the person to death, but also turns off all the lights wherever they yeah. are, so they yeah. have like darkness. It's always like a go-to move. Even that, have him like kill someone with the toaster and short circuit the camp to turn off all the power at night or something. Like just little things. But I mean, I'm talking about like if this was a, a, a tense horror film, which is not going for it all. So that, that, that's what we, I think there's an expectation about on my behalf. It's not. And even even the setting isn't right because there's there's no scene where they are all in sort of some mortal danger. There's no reason why they should all stay at this camp. Yes. Oh, well, no, the car right. gets sold. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but, I mean, there's there's a killer on the camp and they find that out after the groundskeeper is decapitated with a toaster. No, right, that's so, the woman. The groundskeeper was killed with the weed whacker. Oh, that's right. He was too, yes. It, so, I mean, they know immediately that something is going on, but there's no reason for them to stay here. They're not flooded in. Mm. This isn't, um, you know, there's uh, there's not some military exercise that means they've been cut off from the rest. There's no reason why they should stay. They should all just evacuate the sec or call the police the second that they know that there's a killer there. None of that is is mentioned in the film at all. I was thinking before to myself last night while watching this film, how could you take this existing film and make it work for yes. a wider audience? And I, 
I love the College Humor uh, YouTube channel. Yes. They do some very funny skits, but some of their stuff's clever. Some of their stuff is just, it's obscene and that's why it's yeah. funny. Like it is what it is. Yeah. But it's and, toned, it's refined. Yes. Yeah. They did a series a couple of Halloweens back where they were showing how the purge would actually work <laughs> inside of their office space. I was and, watching this just today, yeah. actually. Oh, good. <laughs> and they break it down to like four, five, six, whatever episodes, just showing, you know, hour one, hour two, hour three. And they, so they can have these completely different broken off segments that have no real attachment to the last one, except certain members of the cast are missing. And that's how they do it. Yeah. They, they did a, a Shining series as well, which is, I recommend you watch if you haven't seen it already. I haven't where seen it Where they yet, no. redo the, sh- the plot of The Shining okay. as like a writer's camp for these guys. Okay. Anyway, that kind of method for me might work. This is a 90 minute film. And honestly, every scene is so separate from every other scene. Like I never yes. get like a, a, a no, I know we're in a campground, but apart from that, it feels like there's never a scene where I can follow one person walking from A to B. People are just always appearing in the next scene where they need to be. Sometimes in the middle yep. of scenes, they'll just appear as well. Like there's no visual continuity of travel. 20 different people had 20 different ideas yep. that were all included in the film. So for me, I would think, yeah, I would put this on YouTube and break it into, I guess, five minute segments, like have the Star Wars death scene, have the murder and the thing. And you tell it like chronologued in chapters of this time of this camp. And I think it would, it would be funnier that way as it well. It would work better as, as a series of sketches. Yes. Because honestly, I think having that break apart and that on that even an hour between, let alone a week between posts sort of thing <laughs> would make it uh, like get rid of that feeling there's too much going on. And I think it could be a very successful in that format. Absolutely. And that's not a detriment to this. This film being $35,000 is a nothing budget for a film. You put that on YouTube and it fits. It, it looked better than some of the stuff there. Some of the scenes mm-hmm. like the Star Wars speed chase scene maybe won't hold up compared to what they do on YouTube these days. Some of those, some of those artists are very good, but, but more my, th- my notes simply say, Anti-gravity bikes. Really? <laughs> yep. Oh, that actually got a good chuckle out of me because it was just ridiculous. But, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, but you put it on YouTube and even quality-wise, it'll sit towards the top. Yeah. And I think, honestly, you know, when you, you know, put it together, I think it might come out better just in the way it's presented. So yeah, I think I you're know. absolutely right. So that's me uh, That's me doing a how to save uh, <laughs> segment that we dropped from the show. But, like, there is a place and I... Like I said, you saw this. And if College Humor had done this exact same story, mm-hmm. it would not feel amiss for them. It would feel exactly on point with what they normally do. Yeah, I, the yeah. writing would be a little bit different, but they could hit the same amount of jokes bit for bit for you know whatever, and it would not feel crazy to me because of being no, broken into segments. That's right. Everything is completely over the top, and for a film, it doesn't work. Yes, I will that, say yeah. that style doesn't work where every single scene is 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 hypercharged. Yeah. You can't you can't do it that way. Whereas films like The Room or Bird Demic or those classic, this is a terrible film, enjoy it sort of thing in its own fun campy way. <laughs> for me, th- th- these are very different to me. Like if that's what this film is aiming to be, for me, it hasn't succeeded in that way. No, I will say that it is more entertaining than The Room. I find The Room to be boring in parts, but. I'd rather watch The Room over this only because The Room will give me less of a headache at points because it is yeah. consistently toned. Um, I don't want to give it away, but I don't think I could watch this again. You don't think? No. I think I could. Maybe okay. maybe I would to, to, to see if I would enjoy it in a, in a group of yeah. people because I did watch it uh, only on my own. I have a friend that owns the Warcraft movie. He hates this film. All right. But he owns it for one reason. He has a 3D television and it is the movie he puts on when he has people come over to check out his TV Ah. because the opening battle scene is incredible in 3D. Okay. So he puts it on just to be like, how good is this? Let's not watch the movie, but how good was that scene? (laughs) And for me, that's what I would do with this film. I would, hey guys, I've got this just awful... B movie, C movie, horror ripoff thing. Let's watch, have some fun. I would make a drinking game around this movie. All right. Um, and I would watch it in a party setting, but it wouldn't be for my personal pleasure. I could, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't sit down and watch it again. Like, I really like to do that with comedies anyway. I like to watch them in groups to begin with, yeah. but even then, I would be struggling to do it. But also, it's ninety minutes, so and know. it's and no, and 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 it's and it's not enjoyable, not because it's bad. But because it's the wrong format for the way it was shot and yeah. the way it was written, it is a ske- it's a sketch show. Yeah, it's yeah. a sketch show with a with a basic through plot line of 
there is a murderer about, but nothing that you would not you would have trouble you know understanding from an episode prior sort of that's thing. That's right. That's right. Um, let's continue your list. Sorry. Really. No, no, no. I'm 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 close to the end. Speaking of every sketch needs an ending. Let's talk about the ending. Who's the killer? The ending. Who, who would you expect the killer to be? Now you've got you've got uh, an escaped uh, from a mental institution prior victim yep. to this thing. I'll, you've got you've got a gruff camp owner who you know is killed but comes back. You know, the several uncle. scenes later, the uncle. Yep. You've got the naive uh, uh, sort of camp director boy who maybe stands to inherit. The place if his if his uncle if his uncle dies who 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 might you think would be a, a good candidate for for a surprise uh, killer reveal at the I, end of this? I know. Saw this I, coming. I, have, I have a great idea, Seb. Let's make it a disembodied head. Let's make it a disembodied floating head. That's no, the killer. It wasn't floating. It had drone <laughs> propellers. On top of it. I didn't see this. Sorry to clarify. I didn't see this coming. I saw the escaped mental institution lady coming back because she was because she didn't. Ref- absolutely, there was parts. I, okay, so there's a sub. Not to get derailed. There's a subplot in this film where the lead um, actress, her character Rachel, what do you say was Rachel? Yes. Has talked about having like a full face reconstruction thing. They, they, exactly right. And I was like, oh, they recast the final girl from the beginning of this film. I assumed it was going to be the same character. Yeah. I thought that's where the story yeah, was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it turns out, oh, none of this is made up, I'm like, oh, was, well, that makes more sense anyway. <laughs> they, had, they had set it up beautifully and they used nothing. So then, they used yeah. nothing. And Johan turns out to be some weird Martian. Yeah, so it turns out there's two killers, like any of the Scream movies in this. <laughs> and the, the, Although not that it matters <laughs> yeah. because, because you didn't get a sense of, of whether any of these killings were actually achievable in any way. But it doesn't matter because everyone was everywhere all the time. That's, so, yeah, yeah, exactly right. You couldn't keep a track of anybody. The flow of time was so confusing. So, yeah, there's two killers, the original killer and the the hero from the previous film yeah. who is only killing because she is under contract to <laughs> kill in the third movie. <laughs> who's like, oh, yeah, I don't even want to really want to do this. I'm just doing, I just, you know, it's too hard to get out of this contract. That's and right. then just turns immediately evil anyway. So. That's right. Um, <laughs> one of the better kills because she gets into a fight with, oh, so, okay. Our antagonist has been kidnapped, the main character, the man, the man. And he's been tied up and dressed like Santa Claus for some reason for the final yep. fight for a reason that yep. literally no one is aware of. Yep. I actually like that because it was so stupid, but they they were at least acknowledging like this does not make sense. Why did anyone do this to me? Sort of thing. So that was yeah, but on a meta level, I was able to enjoy no, it. No, no, no. So yeah, then he has a like, like a fight with the final girl from the first film, and he uppercuts her head off. <laughs> um, the puppet is back. Which, yep, again. Yep. And for some reason, they know that Johan needs to be talked to as if it's his mother. Oh, yeah. So the puppet's not actually the mother, which the first time around, I thought the puppet was actually the mother being used because she is a puppet. Yeah. But it turns out the mother is this disembodied head with propellers yeah. keeping it in the air, which is batshit insane. I'll, another thing. It's just from out of nowhere. I also didn't mind this because of how batshit insane it was. I'm not going to say it's good. But it did get a chuckle out of me because I was like, what is going on? I would have a better time tracking things in this movie if I was doing mushrooms. Right. I had lost all sense of reality. Right. But a fun little reveal. Um, yeah, you know, the movie ends, the bad guys die. Rachel gets her revenge. Yep. Killing Johan. By blowing his head up with yep. a, by putting a microphone too close to a speaker, the receiver. And- <laughs> Good old classic death that I'm sure any podcaster was you know, aware of. That's a thing that can happen, right? If we move these microphones even 10 centimeters to the left, we could all die. We live dangerously. Yeah. I did actually stick through the credits because I was like, this film came out this year. There could be an after credits moment, but there was not. There was not. So, Never mind. Well, uh, I, think, I think we've succinctly talked about uh, Camp Death 3 in 2D. So before I we give our verdicts, I just want to remind everyone, if you're still listening and you are interested in experiencing Camp Death through in 3D, uh, you can keep track of the production at facebook.com forward slash Camp Death. Um, yeah, so we'll get into recommendations and we'll, <laughs> we'll explain why we think you should or should not do this. I will say you should see this. It's not You don't have to see this by all means. You can go on the rest of your life very happily having never watched Camp Death 3. But you should see it to know the difference between um, a good movie narrative and a sketch narrative. 
Sketch, sketch narratives can be you, you, you can tell a very absurd story in two or three minutes because you don't have to worry about where the characters are going after that. In a film, those consequences stay and people need reasons for why they suddenly appear in the forest or suddenly appear in the bunker or are suddenly angry at someone. You know, the, you, need, you need reasons yeah. for these things. Watch it and then forget about it. <laughs> you never have to go back to it again. Maybe at a, at a, a, a drinking game or some sort of party mm. game it might come out. Um, or if you're a film student, especially if you're a film student, it would be a great candidate for that. I don't think I'll ever watch this again. Maybe as an experiment with a, with a group of people to see if mm. you know that helps in enjoying it more for its uh, campy sort of value. Uh, but it's a but it's a no from me. So from you, I'm I'm torn. Like I said, I do love bad films, and I would never recommend this as a good fun viewing experience. <laughs> I would recommend it as a bad fun viewing experience. But my hang-up is I've found a lot of films that are in the same genre that are doing the same thing that are a lot more enjoyable. I tried to explain it um, off mic earlier. This film either needed to be a shitload better or a shitload worse than what it was. Because for me, even though it is more bad than good, it is not bad enough yeah. that I am having a laugh at it. It's very competently yeah. put together. Well, the thing is, yeah. it's actually too well done yeah. that I'm having the B-movie <laughs> fun with it because I never... When I, okay, when I watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation and I know that they tried to make a good movie and it ended up being a shit movie, I'm a spiteful person. That's funny <laughs> to me. But when I think that these people here have tried to make a bad movie and not made a bad enough movie, for me it's like, oh, come on. Like you had one job and it was to not do your job. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find a point. Like for me, I laughed maybe four or five times total in the entire thing, but I never rolled my eyes at it. I was just waiting for the next thing to make me laugh. Yes. And it was just you know, 10, 15 minutes between each one of those. And you couldn't really get a sense of the, the the film's tone. Like the tone was set at the start, but then it loses it after that, mm. and it never it, it it's never coherent because if, it is a series of sketches. If I could sum up my thoughts, I do not recommend this movie, but I also think you should go watch it because <laughs> it is terrible. But in the grand scheme of things, if you know if you you track down who reviewed what in the history of the show. It's two no's from this team. <laughs> but also you should definitely go watch it yeah. because I it might tick over. Like, okay, I don't like the movie Napoleon Dynamite. For me, it is not funny. I cannot crack a smile during that film. People say it's the funniest film they've ever seen. So humor for me in my world is also very subjective because people are morons. Not the funniest, but that dance scene, Seb. No, I, I, none of it. It's a, <laughs> I find it depressing. I feel like that kid is just going to kill himself or he needs to. I don't know. So... <laughs> Yeah, I can't laugh at that film, but people think it's hilarious. Yeah. So that is fine. I didn't laugh as much, but maybe you would. Maybe if I if I was high, it would have been great for me. I would have had a, an absolute ride of a time. Unfortunately, I was stone cold sober and I didn't laugh that much. <laughs> also on your own? Yeah, also yeah. on my own. Like I the only thing I I replayed for my wife really quickly was the opening scene with the puppet and then the um yeah. the newspaper of the puppet escaping secure um prison because I was like Look at this, because I had just seen that bit, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's it." <laughs> there, there were good ideas. Like, it's not, it's not a bad film. Yeah, but by any means, there were a lot of good ideas. It's just too much and not refined. Yeah, and so I just also, I part of me is like, I, you know, this person I've spoken to about you know reviewing this film is a very lovely human being. Yeah. And yes. while I don't mind saying fuck Angelina Jolie because she is a figment of the world's imagination that I've never met, <laughs> this is a human being that has come to us. And part of me is like very appreciative of the offer to watch this film. And I don't want to be shitting on him, but I did not enjoy this film no. in the same way. So, so aspiring directors and writers, take note. It is okay, in fact, preferable to say no sometimes. Well, that's, okay. For the magazine that I write for, I have said like I have gone to do certain to gone to do certain screenings to watch films, and the publicist will come out to me at the afterwards, and she's like, "Cool, when can I expect to see your piece written?" Yeah. And I've literally said, "I am not going to write a piece because I like coming to these events, and I have nothing good to say about your film, and I'd rather not endorse endorse a film I don't like. I'm not going to just say." I liked this film because then suddenly someone goes and watches a film I don't like, and they right. think I've got bad taste. Yes, but I'm also 
you know, you've come, you've given me this lovely offer. Sometimes they supply lunch and stuff. I was like, the polite thing in my world is I'm not going to say anything bad because I don't want to have any endorsement attached to it in any regard. So that's why it's for me, it pains because like someone's actually come to us. <laughs> I've said yes. And then I have to sit here shitting on it for 50 minutes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm a human being, but I also, I'd like to think I've got some level of integrity. Well, come so- on. We, we, We've given some constructive no, no, criticism. No, no. We, we, we have been too kind. <laughs> so, but no, um, I we, we do appreciate it. Yeah. So, if any other um, yeah, filmmakers yeah, are listening, exactly right. uh, send it through. I always respond whether we um do go through with the review or not. So it's always worth a crack. And if you, in this case, we will send a challenge saying, "Hey, you're going to hate this film." Like, <laughs> yep, challenge accepted and done. Maybe you can send us through something that you think we'll like. That would be nice too. Exactly. Because I will say most of the films that we've actually reviewed on the show have not been <laughs> the ones that we've loved. So Matt Frame, as terrific as a guy as and you such are. a good film name, I should say. Yeah, Matt yeah, Frame. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say no sometimes. Say no in the future more. Yes. You know, or at least take the time to, to yeah. develop yeah, the instincts. <laughs> the instinct is good. The you, instinct is good. You just need some restraint. Yep. <laughs> and with that... We will be back well, on Monday because this is a little bonus review and we're probably doing some movie. I can't remember what my schedule's like. We're, we're still in the middle of horror and if not it's horror, October, that's right. we're starting um, the found footage series. So we might be doing like Blair Witch or something. Don't quote Ooh. me on that. I'm not looking it up. I've lost complete track of time because <laughs> this movie's coming out a little bit later than we normally do the when we do our reviews. Paranormal Activity is, one of, is on the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. One of those. So you're going to hear me complaining about actual horror films that I do not like because they are the wrong kind of horror. So it could be worse. Yeah. I've said no to fucking driving Miss Daisy. So this saying no to this shouldn't be an insult. There we go. The you're end. on the right track. Yep. Good. <laughs> right. Good night. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.